Welcome to The Pulse That Moves the Triangle World Today. I'm Mary Innsbrucker and this is Triangle 411. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, trenders, help, social media, all kinds of things. Think of it kind of like a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. And today, that's kind of where the path's going to lead us because we have a common problem that might not have so common a solution. We're lucky enough today to have Tom, a former CMO of a Fortune 500 company with us. And Tom is going to talk to us about marketing for small businesses. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. It's so great to have you here, and we just want to pick your brain. It's way different to market for a small company because there's small budgets compared to corporate America. So um, can you just start us off and give us some insights? Yeah, it's a big topic, but uh, I think you said it just right because uh, I think people might have heard, oh, Fortune 500 and been a little concerned, but I've owned a small business. I've been around marketing for so long. I've, I've been in uh, small, medium, large corporations and small businesses. You know, it's strange if you ask what's a small business like, well, you know, small business association, the government, they look at three year gross receipts, your NAICS code, and they make up some numbers. So there's really not even a good definition. So I think you sort of said it right, which is if you feel like you're a small business, you probably are. And the biggest indicator of that is is usually employment. So if you have a low number of employees um, and you find yourself strapped for budget, right? Every dollar's got to count. That's a pretty good uh, pretty good surrogate for what a small business is. So yeah, there's a massively different approach when you're doing that than you know if you're Coca-Cola, of course, and your marketing budget's three hundred million dollars. It's all over the place. Is there a set definition though? I mean, because I, I would think some people consider themselves small businesses, even though they may have more than a handful of employees. Yeah. And that's why I said it really comes down to that. You know, I don't want to get into the government piece because I'd have to look up every NAICS code. So that's too hard. But but you're right. It's it's not just employee set, but that's usually how it does resolve. So you could say, hey, it's under 100 employees. Um, I think a lot of people would be in that uh, 20 to 50 class uh, that are listening and looking for the kind of tactics that are so different when you have no money. So that takes, uh, it, it's really a big shift. It, it's, uh, there's a famous book, it's called Guerrilla Marketing. I recommend it to everyone. It's not guerrilla like the chimp, it's guerrilla like warfare, even though this is not a warfare book. Um, I suggest everyone goes and gets that because it's specialized around uh, marketing tactics and differentiators that don't cost a lot of money. And that's where small business have to go. So the, the, the discussion shifts immediately from uh, corporate ad agencies and uh, large uh, websites going up on one product all the way down to now it's, what can I do with my business card, right? How am I going to use that as a way to differentiate? And that's kind of the, the theory around guerrilla marketing and a lot of what we talk about. So I'll take that example, right? So uh, just with business cards, everyone's got them. And in small business, you have to think about how do I break out, right? Uh, 
I'm giving business cards out in an association. I'm part of a, a, a an area triangle small business group. Uh, I give them out on my counter to my customers if I'm in the medical service or tires or brakes, right? So it, a guerrilla marketing approach would be just think for a second. Every tire and brake store in Wake County uh, probably has the service manager's business card on the counter. They all do. So what would make that one small experience a little bit different? And there's small things. You do rounded corners on the card instead of square. You do a circular card instead of a square. You take a card and you put a real funny picture on it uh, that makes people stand out and go, oh, and they get a little chuckle. It's still got your name and your phone number and your address on it. So it's that kind of differentiation. It doesn't cost you much more money, if any more money at all, uh, to put up a picture of uh, something that's funny. Uh, take another example outside of uh, people see this all the time. Outside of a lot of businesses, you have signs and you can do uh, the lettering uh, yourself to change, hey, sale today 15%. Well, an epic tactic in that is a lot of companies will take those signs, they'll put a joke of the day, or they'll put something funny on it that's really engaging. And what happens, and it kind of goes to word of mouth marketing, people start talking about, well, you see that's that... Uh, uh, the guitar store, and they always got the funny side out front every week. The guy puts up a different joke, things like that. That doesn't cost you anything. It's can, an asset you already have. Can you recall a, uh, any funny advertising that you've seen? We could we could use a chuckle today. <laughs> uh, kind of a heavy subject. I saw a, a business that, that had their mailbox on the road. Oddly enough, it's not the sign, but it came right to mind when you said it. Um, and instead of a mailbox... They had taken uh, a big pole and they put three mailboxes on it. And uh, there was a real little one at the top and it said uh, letters for my sweetheart. And there was one in the middle uh, that said mail from friends. And then they took a 50-gallon uh, uh, a barrel, a metal barrel, and they painted it black. And the sign on that one said bills. <laughs> so it was just funny. And I remember forever. In fact, it was a fish and tackle, bait and tackle kind of a shop. And it was somewhere in Michigan. But I I, I will never forget that. And I saw that maybe, oh gosh, 1979 is when I saw And it never left me. So it's a great one. I could still sort of remember. It was in St. Joseph, Michigan. And I bet if I saw it again, I'd know it instantly. So the thought there would be maybe somebody would say, hey, you ought to try that tackle shop that has the big barrel that says bills on it. Yeah, and it might come across differently than that. Not even you might try it. It's just people start talking. Hey, did you see uh, Joe Smith's uh, bait and tackle shop? And he's got that great thing out there. All you want is people saying Joe Smith. doesn't even need to be a recommendation. You're getting free advertising all over the local community which is all small businesses care about. And it's great because it lends something different. And it will call it go fancy, say that's a differentiation, and that's what marketing is all about. How do we get out of the cloud and break through the clutter? So maybe small businesses should look for some kind of buzz around them. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. Uh, I don't know where the buzz comes from. This is uh, oftentimes... People kind of get into that mode and they, they can't get stuck. So, oh, I need viral, right? I'll take viral as buzz today. Would someone create me a viral thing? 
Well, your brain seizes up. No one can think what's viral because viral is not really manufactured. It just happens to be uh, something that happens. But the buzz comes around those odd, quirky moments, right? I got a business card. It's round. I got a funny picture on it. I've got the barrels out. I've got a sign in front of my store, and I change the letters every day, uh, and we go that way. Uh, other buzz, a lot of companies, uh, you know, will go on YouTube and not just like do an ad. They'll do a funny one and a half minute, or not funny, even serious, a little education piece. You look at like Dollar Shave Club, right? Well, that's a big company now, but they started on YouTube, period. They just did informational videos and at the end said, uh, send us a check for 15 bucks and for a dollar a month, you'll be in our club. So there's a lot of ways, and I think you're exactly right. It's creating some mystique or interest uh, around the company that's a lot different. And again, the orientations towards that kind of guerrilla marketing. What are good tactics we can use that don't cost a lot? So how about... Can you give us some ideas? Because again, we're talking about smaller budgets for smaller companies, some cheap tricks, I'll call them, some cheap tactics that people can employ that are impactful, but don't cost a lot of money. Yeah. So I, I referred to a few already. Um, I'll give you maybe another example. If you're a restaurant owner, right? Everyone goes in a restaurant, they look at the menu, they order and they're gone. Uh, so you take a tactic like printing your menu. Well, what's going to be different about the experience at your restaurant than anyone else? And this is kind of in this world of what's my value, right? What's my, my difference in my brand? Uh, it could be something as small uh, as two things. You have a master menu template. Uh, you print them on hard bound and you don't get them laminated all the time. Why? Because you want to be able to change it. So you could put your menu... Um, and you could have, uh, I keep saying joke, but let's say again, joke of the week, or let's say something informational, right? You go to, uh, uh, a lot of restaurants and you'll see little cards that just give you a fact of the day kind of thing, or you extend that to customization. That's a great tactic. You want to lure in a massive client. You take your template and you make the menu, but you put their logo at the top and the name of their company. It costs nothing almost. Okay, so we talked about getting some different tactics going. Where do you go f when you're on a shoestring budget? Yeah, that's a great question because everybody's in that uh, boat where they have to find a local printing shop or they have to find a local marketing agency, somebody to put things together for them. But you can get a lot done um, on the cheap if you spend a little time. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one would be, it's called usabilityhub.com, and you can come back and re-listen to that to write it down. I'm a big advocate of them. Uh, you join it, and if you're trying to test ideas, right, uh, oh, I want to use this artwork, is it better than this one? Um, I'm using this slogan, but I could also use this one, I don't know which one's best. Um, here's a design I've got on paper for some new product. Uh, versus another design. You go to usabilityhub.com and and for cheap, for cheap, you go on and you submit your designs and they'll charge you based on how many people you want to answer uh, the questions that you have. Uh, but it's very economical, very economical. And around the world, people have signed up to look at those ideas and vote. 
and it's meant to be very rapid. You get the answer back in four to ten hours. So if some if you post up two ideas like, oh, what what slogan would you like, or which one of these pictures would you click on, or which one of these design ideas do you want? Everybody that is signed up to this thing gets an email and, and they go online and the test expires in like 10 or 20 minutes and they answer. And they if you ask questions like, why did you pick this one? They, they give you some answers and then bam, it goes. Within four hours, you've got a report back. 150 people aged 40 to 55 because you selected it, right, answered your survey. And here's all their answers and here's the winner and it gives you back the pictures and a bar chart and tells you which was the best. That's insane to do that in corporate marketing. You spend a fortune on usability hub. You're going to spend under a hundred dollars and maybe even under 50 to go get that done. It's a phenomenal way for small businesses to go test out all those kind of things I said. So I'm a big, big advocate. Another get it done uh, that I love is called fiverr.com. And it's tricky because it's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. Looks like Fiverr, but it's actually fiverr.com. It is a crowdsourced worldwide database of people who create for businesses and for individuals songs, artwork, logos, treatments, uh, create a bar chart out of an Excel file. Almost anything you can think of you want to get done, you can get on Fiverr.com. And the, uh, the, the basics are you type in, I want a logo, and 200 people that do logos and they're all rated and you pick the five-star one. You say, hey, uh, I need a logo and I've got an idea. It might be this. And for five bucks, they render the idea and they send it back to you. You download it and put in your credit card and you get five bucks. You have full permission, total copyright ownership. Uh, it's phenomenal. And if you want to get fancy and get a couple or one color or will you do three, it might cost you 30 bucks, but it's phenomenal. So I've gotten tons of, I created a logo for a whole business campaign on Fiverr.com for five bucks. It was called 2020 Vision. It was a strategic thing I did. And sure enough, they came back with 2020 as like eyeglasses and little eyes. It was fantastic. Five bucks I got that for. I highly, highly encourage people to go look at Fiverr. I think that's a great site for people along with usability. Those are two great ideas, and and again, maybe not common knowledge. Um, I think a lot of small business folks think they have to go to major consultants to get kind of this five dollar service from Fiverr or um, the like things like the surveys from Usability Hub and such. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you can get that free mentoring on LinkedIn, by the way. Uh, yeah, so. What do you think is the biggest challenge for small businesses then? I think that small businesses, the biggest challenge is to, 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 to think a little more narrowly, oddly enough, instead of broadly. Because if you're a small business owner, you're just beset by every problem in the world. you got to run payroll. you got to buy equipment and furniture and employment. It just, it's, it's tough to be an owner. So marketing's just one of 50 things you've got going on any given week, and it's tough to pay attention to. So I say kind of break it down to, to really sort of three areas, right? The, uh, uh, I'll call it the brand, the value proposition, the fancy words, but it's like, what is my difference in the world? The second would be customer service. I could talk a lot about that. It means everything in the world. 
And, and that third piece is what we've been talking about up so far, which is kind of the guerrilla marketing. How do you get tactics and how do you differentiate not do on a shoe and do it on a shoestring budget? So that's what I say. Worry about the value of the brand, the customer service, and, and some outlets to get things done um, uh, uh, effectively for the lowest cost. One area I'm curious about to get to get your thoughts on is direct marketing. I know it's successful for some and not so much for others. It's a real tightrope kind of marketing genre. Um, but I, I, we were talking earlier, and I liked one of your direct marketing campaigns that kind of stood out instead of just getting a piece in the mail. Can you talk about that a little bit? You're talking about the thumb factor story I told you. Yeah, it's a great one. I should tell the story. Um, yeah, so that's a kind of a differentiator, but on a tactics, it's reasonable. So we were going to do a direct mailer to a bunch of clients, and uh, it all looks the same in the mailbox, and people sort of quickly sort through and go junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, right? And it's like, how do you get them to open that? Because it's a very cost-effective way of marketing is direct direct mail or direct marketing. Um, so what we did is we, uh, we, we sprang extra, and we put the information, it was kind of targeted, right? There's only a few hundred people we wanted to talk to, but we put it inside of a little box that was shaped like a tube, uh, a round tube and it gets in everybody's box and I'm telling you nobody's not going to open a tube that's in their mailbox a little cap on the end and go what is in here right it's like a guaranteed open and that's that piece about how do you do it a little different than everybody else so we had a ball with that uh, but I'll comment more on your 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 piece of direct marketing you know, you can overread and kill yourself. Oh, the you know, letters are dead. Direct mail is dead. Nobody ever does that. Email is dead. It's a, those are all direct marketing. Um, and it's not true. You really have to look at the demographic, right? So I'm going to tell you that a baby boomer is very, very, very uh, likely to open a Valpac. I'm not shilling for Valpac, but I'm just saying because it's got a reputation, there's going to be 30 of those slick pieces of advertising in there, and they're going to have discounts and introduce you to local businesses. And a lot of older Americans, right, in that boomer profile, they're very used to that. And Valpac's a fabulous way. Uh, a second one that works a lot for some businesses is uh, utility bill inserts, right? You're, you're doing an air conditioning campaign, you're an HVAC shop, and you work with the local uh, power company, and you put an insert in the bill. Well, it, it costs you, but I'm talking now, it's the effectivity. So you have to look almost by the tactic. They are not dead at all. You just have to stylize them the right way, whereas maybe for Gen Z or a uh, a boomer, you're much better to be thinking about Pinterest or Instagram or, uh, you know, Etsy, all these outlets that are very current today. So do your research on demographic, right? Effective tactics for direct marketing for 25-year-olds or 40-year-olds or name the generation boomer, Gen Z, Gen X, etc. So it sounds like a lot of these approaches might help with what I call the yikes Amazon, <laughs> uh, you know, putting so many people, eh, well, it's tough. You know, Amazon is like 
a brick wall to to kind of cross over. I mean, we see malls closing much to the much to my chagrin. I mean, I'm just like so sad I can't go into a physical building and buy the things I used to, but I am, you know, I'm guilty of the pleasure of also sitting in my pajamas and just uh <laughs> ordering all my Christmas presents in front of a computer screen. So so you think there is hope out there for Oh, absolutely. So the you've gosh, you've hit a great point. Yeah, Amazon's disaggregating the world and they are. I mean, people are going out of business. So I can't tell you how to combat that. That's tough, right? That's another show. But I'll tell you this, right? Stop thinking the enemy is Amazon. It is, but if you're thinking that large, your 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 head's going to explode and you're not going to make anything. The motto is this, the best thing about this, the motto is meet your customers where they want to buy, not where you want to sell them. So the very, very key portion of this is know your customer. Meet them where they want to buy. So a lot of people want to buy on Amazon. It's just how it is. I buy jeans there, I buy auto parts, I buy musical instruments, and you know, on and on. It's amazing. But where are all the places your customers want to buy? And that leads me a bit to the brand and the value and that kind of thing in the customer service, which is ask your customers questions as often as you can without being obtrusive, especially when they're in your place of business. And the most, the best question, if you ask me <coughs> in five minutes on this broadcast, what is the single best uh, piece of advice I could give? I'd say every customer that comes in your place of business, you ask them, how did you find us? And they'll say something and ask one more question because how you found me tells you meet the customer where they want to buy. I found you on a Yelp review, right? I found you on Pinterest. I just did a Google search. Oh, good. Great. Well, when it came up in Google, how'd you pick us out of the 200? That's the second question. Oh, you had five stars and 235 reviews on Google or Yelp. Okay, now we know what we're talking about, right? So it puts you in that zone. This is what I have to do. So that tells you, make sure that you ask customers for recommendations and reviews. Meeting the customer where they want to buy, give them a chance to review. Trust me, in corporate worldwide businesses, this is a huge thing around loyalty. Make sure they have the opportunity to do that. Ask for the reviews, ask for the recommendations. But the most important piece, where'd you find us? How'd you find about us? And one more question underneath that, right? And train your employees because it's not you as the owner, right? It's the employees that drive that experience. They all have to be trained to do that. A lot of valuable information. A lot of valuable information. Can I add one more thing? I oh, just, sure. Well, yeah, it was on my mind. Uh, it drives me because we're talking about employees. Uh, you know, every small business owner understands customer service, right? Service is king. The customer is king. It's that interface. There has been a lot of work done in the last year. It doesn't matter what size companies it's for because it's it's very truthful. Um, that loyalty, which is really, you know, get the customer fine, but you need that repeat customer. And you can see tons of podcasts. You need them back seven times, three times, et cetera, and a lot of tricks to go do that. Um, but a Big part of that loyalty is driven by customer experience. And the new research, oddly enough, is not focused on everybody said hi and we're being delightful and sunny attitude and that. The biggest driver of disloyalty, disloyalty, is the inability for you to respond when there's a problem. So what the service has found, the survey and the work and the studies have found, is 
the ability for a customer to resolve a problem with you when it feels like you're on their side, it drives intense loyalty. I just had one. I got some business cards printed uh, and I got them and I did it online. It was like, this didn't look anything like online. I thought, oh, I'm going to get hung out and killed because I checked the box that said, yeah, I swear this is it because they spent the money and printed them. And I wrote them, just emailed, which is another thing, meet me where I want to buy. I like chat, but they didn't have chat. But okay, I sent them an email. And I got this great email back. Said, look, we'll give you a credit to your account for the whole thing. We know it doesn't work out sometimes. You know, feel free, come back on. And when you check out, it'll be there. I'm not leaving that company right now. I'm saying, oh, that's pretty good. And I might recommend them because they made it easy to resolve a problem with the business, right? So it's it's just finding ways. The key is make the customer feel like you're on their side. You know, it's been true in the past. It's been true in the present. It's true in the future. The customer is always right. And I think if companies act upon that, they'll find they're doing great marketing. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a whole other conversation, too. But if you think the customer is king, you're never going to be wrong. So one of the things we always do, one of our goals at Triangle 411 is to feature a nonprofit spotlight on every show. Um, so if you're interested in getting out the word on your cause, let us know. But today, because we're talking about marketing, there's not really a marketing nonprofit kind of thing that we're going to talk today, but Tom has an idea of how to get help with marketing. And would you tell us about that, Tom? Yeah, it's a it's nonprofit in the sense you don't have to pay and nobody makes money, so that qualifies to me, but I'm uh, just a guy. It, I actually touched on it very briefly before. It's LinkedIn. Uh, so almost every business person in the world is on LinkedIn.com. And if you're not, take a look at it. Uh, you know, you don't have to, but most people are. What a lot of people don't know is on LinkedIn, you can ask for a mentor and a mentor in your business or around your question or your problem. Um, so for example, um, you would go to your profile, just scroll down a little bit and there's a section on careers and you click on that, and it lets you type out a, a, a search. Geez, I'm looking for a mentor like this. Other people on LinkedIn in their profiles have a place to say, I'm willing to accept questions from mentors. You send it out, and you get a bunch of people respond. You pick one. Sometimes they'll do email. Sometimes they'll take a half-hour call with you and give you advice. That That's great for small business. It could be from financial. We're talking marketing, I know, but that could be cash flow issues you're having or rent versus buy, you know, buy versus make. So it's a really, really good way to go get free advice. Okay. That sounds great. Um, listen, it's just been great having you today. I'm sure that our listeners, you know, got a lot of help from you. So thanks for taking the time with us today, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to come back anytime, Mary. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. This is Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Catch us on all the podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Alexa, you know them. Um, please be sure to subscribe and like us. Uh, some of our future episodes coming up include a touching story of canine purple heart recipient Labrador retriever Sergeant Yeager laughing with comedian Jeff Allen, 
and talking about Carrie Spring Days coming up. And you are in kind of a great days while you're going through all the arts and crafts, meandering through the park. So um, join us again. And today, dot, 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 smile at a stranger. <laughs> 